Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. He was my knight in shining armor, the perfect match, my soulmate. I even said to people that he was like the male version of me and I'm the female version of him. What? How in the world did I end up swept off my feet like this? So wrapped up in him. What happened? What happened was love bombing. Well, what exactly is love bombing? People ask me all the time. And what effect does it have? I recently had a group member say to me that, you know, she wasn't love bombed. She didn't really understand what the term was, but she didn't see that in her relationship. She said that she wasn't smothered with lavish gifts and constant phone calls or poetic love notes. He just lined up with all the little things that she was looking for. Well, let me explain. Love bombing is not just the lavish gifts and and the constant interactions. Love bombing is when somebody becomes exactly what you're looking for. They speak to you in whatever language it is that speaks to you. And today I really want to describe this. We're going to dive deep into love bombing and the trauma bond that it builds. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. And thank you so much for being here and for joining us today. I really truly thought that I had found the absolute perfect match for me. I was convinced that this was the right one for me, my soulmate. Why? Because he matched everything I wanted. He liked what I liked, camping, hiking, outdoor activities, classical music, social events with people. Everything seemed to just line up. You see, love bombing isn't necessarily smothering you with expensive and lavish gifts. It's smothering you with whatever it is you are looking for in a partner. Smothering you with exactly what you want. They learn everything they can about you, your likes and dislikes, your dreams and wishes. And then they become the perfect example of these things. They become what you are looking for. Love bombing is when the covert narcissist focuses on what it is you want and, and what it would take to win your heart over. And they become that. They become, uh, they become it to an extreme extent. If shyness is appealing to you, then they become the most shy person you've ever known. If casual attire is what you desire, then they just threw out all their fancy clothes and completely redid their wardrobe. And they will play it off as though this is the way they've been dressing for years. You see, an overt narcissist will arrogantly assume that you are won over by whatever they pick, whatever they choose. This is more the lavish gifts and the fancy dates. And of course you love it. Why wouldn't you? Okay, at least that's what they think. You love the loud, explosive parties because that's what they love. And, and they are so awesome that you just love whatever it is that they love. And you might even tell them, you know, I really don't like big parties, but that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to throw this big, giant party for you for your birthday, even though you might say, I really don't like uh, big parties. I really would rather just have a quiet evening at home with you to celebrate my birthday, but they don't care. They're going to throw the big party and they do so expecting you to be incredibly grateful and happy. You have to love this party that they just threw for you. I mean, look at all the trouble they went to. Never mind what you've been telling them for years. Well, that's the overt narcissist. But the covert narcissist being so incredibly sneaky about everything they do, they will win you over by becoming the very things that you desire in life. 
the things that you say that you like or want. They listen. They listen to that. They're gathering information, and then they become that. However, this is not sustainable because it's not genuine. It isn't them. It's a show, a facade. Overt narcissists believe that they will win you or anyone else that they choose just because they are so wonderful. But covert narcissists, they believe they cannot win you with their authentic self. They are afraid to show who they really are. And so they build this false self instead. They do believe that they can become what you are looking for, at least for a while. Eventually, that show or that facade will become old and they return to who they are. I'll give you an example. I was a classical pianist when we met. I spent a lot of time absorbed in the classical music world. He talked and acted like he was such a lover of classical music. Great, I thought. This was one of the ways that he seemed like such a perfect fit for me. And let me make sure you understand something here. This is one example, but he lined up with everything. I'm talking about hundreds of examples. Well, over time, I quickly realized that he was not a lover of classical music. He didn't listen to it. He was putting on a show for me. He didn't like it. He just made me believe that he had been for years. Now, it would be perfectly fine and normal for someone to take interest in the things that a new partner does. It would have been fine for him to say, you like classical music? I haven't listened to much, but I would love to learn. There's nothing wrong with that. It would be okay for him to say, hey, can you play some of your favorites for me? This would be healthy. This is not love bombing. It would be normal interest in a partner's life. But love bombing sounds like, oh, you like classical music? Wow, that's crazy. So do I. I love it. I've been listening to it for years. Every morning when I drive to work, every evening coming home, and on and on they go. They make you believe that it's already a part of their life and their identity. Like I said, it is okay to take interest in the things another person likes, but love bombing is different. If I start dating someone, I am likely to try to learn something about their hobbies and interests. I might participate in some of them and vice versa. So if a person takes interest in you, don't be surprised if they're interested in your activities and hobbies. They should not, though, line up with everything you do. Those words to me of, wow, that's crazy, so do I, that's almost an immediate red flag for me. My mind goes, do you really? I should have seen all of these things as red flags, but I didn't. Instead of seeing red flags, I saw a pedestal. And I put him right on top of it. My perfect match. The most wonderful partner. My soulmate, handmade just for me. I believed he was the most amazing thing ever. I was the luckiest person alive. So why do they love bomb? Well, why not? I mean, if it works on someone that they're after, then wouldn't you? Well, okay. No, because you're here listening to this podcast. But why would they not? It's their security blanket, if you will. They fear that they cannot win you over with their authentic self. They fear that they're not good enough, that they're bad, that they will be rejected and abandoned. And I'm going to tell you, these are fears that almost all of us have. But they put up a fake self to protect themselves from that fear, an image that they believe is exactly what you are looking for. 
when we are unaware that this is what's going on, naive to the fact that people like this even exist, we fall for it. We believe them. I mean, I sure did. Why wouldn't I? He said he enjoyed camping. Great, let's go. Well, that didn't turn out so well. I got him to go a couple of times early in our marriage, but later I got told how much he didn't like camping. It's just not for him. It's too hot. It's too cold. The ground's too hard. Too much work. Why would I want to go through all that to stay on it in a tent on the ground? Yeah, he didn't like camping. Let's go back to that pedestal. We believe that they are our perfect match and we put them on this pedestal. We focus all of our energy on them, centering all of our attention on them. When they are happy, we are happy. So we put all this effort into keeping them happy and we praise them for being exactly what we're looking for. Well, they thrive on all of this attention. Our own abandonment issues complicate this situation. I said we all carry some of that fear of being rejected. Okay, so we give them this undying love and attention now. We're hooked. Now let's talk about you. Their perfect catch. One of the traits of narcissism is that they need to associate with special and unique people. You can look that up in the DSM. It's right there. They often connect themselves to people who are out of their league. Whether that connection is real or just even imagined in their mind, and there's plenty of that going on, it's a common trait of covert narcissists to partner with individuals who are far beyond them in many ways. Often the victims of covert narcissism are individuals who excel in their ability to be genuine and to truly connect with others. These are people who believe in the goodness of others that are willing to give the benefit of the doubt. They're hard workers doing more than their fair share of work. They're able and willing to forgive others, quick to self-reflect, quick to work on self-improvement. They're able to be vulnerable. So in all of these ways, you drastically surpass the covert narcissist in your life. These traits allow you to build genuine relationships with others because you're not living behind a facade. You build open and honest relationships, something that the covert narcissist is incredibly jealous of. You are empathetic compassionate, sincere, spontaneous, all things that cause you to be appreciated by others in your life. And these are things that put you out of the narcissist league. However, not seeing all of this and caught up in that infatuation with, with this seemingly amazing match, you are blind to their manipulative ways. They slowly and methodically become someone else than what you believed they were. They are no longer that perfect match for you, but this happens incredibly slowly, little by little. And along the way, they gradually devalue you, challenging your decisions in daily life, questioning your way of doing things, anything, manipulating your feelings, creating guilt and a sense of obligation within you creating self-doubt with their gaslighting, all of these things we've talked about in this podcast. In all of these ways, they slowly but surely chip away at your sense of self-confidence and self-respect. Why? To maintain control over you. If they can keep you off-balanced, to keep you beneath them, and thus to keep you even more dependent on them. Remember, you've put them on a pedestal. 
You've sung their praises, pumped them up, and told them how wonderful they are repeatedly. Now, as they erode your view of yourself, they become even greater in your eyes, more special, more the hero, the smarter and wiser one, the more valued one. You start valuing all of their words above yours. With the inconsistent and addictive appeal of intermittent reinforcement, they keep you constantly seeking their positive attention and positive reinforcement. They have you right where they want you. They become more and more the unreachable treasure, and you are on an unending quest to reach them. This is the trauma bond. So how do we break this bond? You must knock them off of that pedestal that's in your, in your head and in your heart. Break that illusion of false desirability. See them for who they truly are. Basically devalue them in your mind. They have trained you to see them as desirable as your hero, as your rescuer, as your perfect match, your soulmate. They became everything you wanted and you believed it. Don't blame yourself for this. Okay, why wouldn't you believe them? But break the illusion. Let's look at some ways to do this. I want you to make a list of all the good and bad traits that you see in them, and I want you to be really honest with this. There probably are some good traits. They aren't all bad all the time. So list these good traits. Okay, that's fine. But be honest about the bad traits. Remember, this is a person who has hurt you many times and felt no remorse about it. So do not shy away from thinking about their negative traits. You need to face this with honesty and openness. Add to this list the promises that were made to you that were false, the things that they said they were that didn't prove to be true, all of those illusions. They have been uncaring about their negative behaviors, so it is okay to bring these negative behaviors to mind and to consider the impact they have had on you and your children. You need to center yourself in the truth about what is going on here. Knocking them off that pedestal allows you to see them for who they really are. So I'm going to give you a list of questions that I want you to ask. This is to ask yourself. Okay, and answer these questions. Write them down, type them into your phone or computer, speak them into your phone, whatever you need to do. Here's these questions What do you like about this person? What physical, emotional, mental traits are positives to you? What turns you off about this person? What traits feel icky to you? What did you initially like about them? Consider again their personality, interests, demeanor, hobbies. What did you initially dislike about them? What will you miss about them if the relationship ends? What will you not miss about them? What will you be free to do if, you're no, if they are no longer in your life? How will your life change? I have a word of advice here. Don't exaggerate any of this. This exercise is about honesty. Trying to see accurately and not through those rose-colored glasses or anger-colored glasses. There's no need to exaggerate. The truth will be sufficient. Anytime, then, that you start to engage in self-doubt, self-blame, self-criticism, and you will, we all do, go back to this list of questions. 
Read your answers. Work on more answers. Expand on it. One of the strong factors in a trauma bond is guilt. We feel guilty for leaving. We don't want to hurt them. We, we wonder if maybe we're wrong and we feel guilty if we're going to leave and maybe we're wrong. What if they aren't a narcissist? What if they change? What if they are alone for the rest of their life? What if this is all my fault? These are the questions I get asked all the time in individual and group sessions. Guilt is a strong motivator, and it's one of the leading causes of a victim staying a long time in a relationship that they know or suspect is abusive. I want to get us started in facing this guilt. Let's face it square on. All of those earlier questions that you answered about your partner? Okay, now let's take an honest look at you. Take a look at yourself. These are the questions you need to ask yourself. What do I like about me? Be honest. What do I dislike? What traits about yourself feel icky? What traits of yours hurt this relationship? There's some. It's okay. What traits helped it? What have you learned about yourself from this experience? Owning your own faults is an incredible strength. It keeps you off that narcissistic path and opens the door for personal growth. Being able to be vulnerable allows you to be human. You aren't perfect. That's fine. You have done things that you could have done better. There's nothing wrong with that. Own these things to yourself. Whether or not you share this with your partner is a situational question. And I'm going to say, if you're here listening to this podcast, I sure wouldn't share this with your partner. This exercise is also about honesty. Okay, deep honesty with yourself. It's so necessary for personal healing and growth, and it distinguishes you from the narcissistic people in this world. Being trauma-bonded convinces you, the victim, that your partner is irreplaceable. But this certainly is not true. There are many manipulative, deceitful, competitive, defensive individuals out there. Your partner is certainly replaceable. Although I don't recommend that. List the traits that make your partner irreplaceable but then list the traits that make them replaceable. As you go forward in life, if you ever consider a future relationship, keep this list close by. This is a good way to help keep yourself in check and not get swept up in love bombing once again. Now list the traits about you that make you irreplaceable and the ones that make you replaceable. Again, be honest. There's no reason to sugarcoat anything here. This is not an exercise in comparisons or competitions. Competitiveness and jealousy are games that the covert narcissist plays. There's no room for that here. This is for your path of healing. You are only hurting yourself if you are not being open and honest. The covert narcissist are only hurting themselves by their lack of openness and honesty. What are the qualities about you that make you unique and special? What are the benefits that you bring to life? As you get more in touch with these, you will truly start to value your own energy and you will quit giving it away to manipulative people. It is time to remember who you are and take pride in all that you have to offer to this world. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at renee, R-E-N-E-E, at 
cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are CNG as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.